Hey y'all, welcome to the Mental Health Moments with Monique podcast. I'm your host, Monique Johnson. I am a licensed clinical professional counselor, a nationally certified counselor, and a child and adolescent trauma professional. I am located in the suburbs of Chicago, where I work in private practice, serving children, adolescents, adults, and families. To get more information on me and my mental health resources, visit my website at www.mentalhealthmomentswithmonique.com. And be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Mental Health Moments with Monique. This podcast is a safe space where I connect with different members of the community and allow them to share their experiences and perceptions on mental health. We sit and discuss the stigma of mental health as well as their journey to learn and understand their own emotional well-being. They have taken on the mission to educate, advocate, and help others become aware of the mental health concerns in our communities. Take a moment to listen to their stories. Thank you for joining me on the Mental Health Moments with Monique podcast for episode number eight, Boundaries. Today, joining me, we have my good longtime friend, Jasmine. I've been knowing this lady since high school? Yeah. Oh, man. 2008. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That's been such a long time. That's really, really awesome. (laughs) Thank you for coming. But you guys, it has been a joy having her in my life. She identifies as an African-American female who has a background in education in psychology. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast and being so willing to share and for taking on the mission to educate, advocate, and make others become aware of mental health. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be recording with you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for coming. Um, So I start off all my podcasts just like with some basic questions surrounding mental health, Mm -hmm. just because I want us to all just kind of share in our experiences of what that was like just growing up. So my first question for you is like, when you hear mental health, what do you think of? Yeah, I think when I hear mental health, I think of mental wellness, like mm-hmm. my mind goes straight to mental wellness. Um, and I think of, yeah, mental wellness. I don't know why mental wellness comes straight to my mind. Yeah, I think that um, mental health is such a broad topic. It so is. like there's so many things that go underneath the health umbrella. So mm-hmm. then I also think about, okay, so like what does it mean to be healthy Yes, in our minds? Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I think of. That's awesome. So a lot of times I heard you say like wellness. Mm-hmm. Wellness is really good, right? Because, you know, when you think of the mental health, you want to be healthy. You want to mm-hmm. be well. You want to have like a good overall well-being. So I think that is a really great way to describe it. Yeah, thanks. So was mental health discussed in your childhood, in your like household growing up? Was it discussed? Um, You know what? This is I love this question because... I think that when we preview, when I previewed this question at first, mm-hmm. I automatically wanted to say no, it wasn't. But I think that it wasn't like openly discussed, but it yeah. was things in that realm were talked about, but yeah. we just didn't put a name on it. Like this mm-hmm. is mental health, this is mental mm. wellness, but it was sort of kind of discussed. And I think that in ways that it was discussed is very unhealthy. Yeah. Um, it was. I, I remember, I think my earliest recollection, recollection of mental health being discussed is when my parents were together. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny that I don't think I've ever told you this too. Like, I think my dad suffered a lot from like depression and anxiety. Oh. And you remember back in the day they, they had those commercials where like the person was walking around with like the cloud over their mm-hmm. head and they're like, if you are feeling this way, you mm-hmm. should probably take this medicine for this. And my I remember like sitting in the living room and seeing that commercial and I think my dad 
said something like, oh, that's how I feel mm-hmm. oftentimes. Like, maybe I should be on, like, taking meds for it. Yeah. And I remember my mom laughing it off. My mom was, like, very dismissive about it. But, like, I was younger and yeah. I didn't, I don't know, I thought that they were just, like, in their little tiff or whatnot mm-hmm. or people mm-hmm. just being dismissive of, like, how you may feel. Right. And it not being taken um, seriously. Yeah. So, again, like, it wasn't, like, talked about as, like, this is actual an actual thing Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I think it was very like brushed underneath the rug Mm -hmm. but it was definitely present yeah yeah and I think that happens in a lot of like households Mm -hmm. whether it's the black and brown communities or other communities where it may be talked about but it's talked about in an unhealthy way Mm -hmm. there's shame there's Mm -hmm. stigma or it's brushed under that rug Mm -hmm. and so while in that moment he may have been vocalizing Mm -hmm. like his concerns and what he's experiencing in another way you know mom was just kind of like ha 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 yeah yeah, whatever exactly Mm -hmm. exactly so I think that um because it wasn't talked about or it wasn't brought to our awareness, mm-hmm. it's something that can get pushed to the background mm-hmm. and not taken mm-hmm. that seriously. Yeah, that's really good. Cause I think in like other episodes, people have mentioned like, oh, you know, it was not necessarily talked about, but looking in a different way, maybe mm-hmm. it was talked about, but just those terms mm-hmm. weren't mentioned mm-hmm. or it wasn't in a healthy way. Yeah. So it makes it seem like it wasn't necessarily discussed yeah. when you were younger, when it actually was, Yeah. just in a different way. Yeah. Well, do you think that mental health is important and something that should be discussed and maintained? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that as we are moving in, like pulling on my like background from education and psychology, the day and age that we are living in and thinking about like youth Mm -hmm. and how like the suicide rates like are like increasing for like younger people and um, in this technology day and age where students are kids are living on Instagram. Um, I think that we have to start naming these things um, mm-hmm. and calling a thing a thing and like actually talking about it, yeah, um, yeah. especially in the black community yep. um, specifically because um, it's hard, like we have so many a nuanced way of life. And um, if we aren't like naming it and like mm-hmm. bringing it to the forefront, these rates of like students, kids showing more depression is going to keep rising yep. or like showing signs of anxiety or mm-hmm. um, suicidal ideation, like mm-hmm. things of that nature, like they're going to keep happening, especially if we keep brushing under underneath the rug because yep. the babies are absorbing this. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a major thing that we should be talking about all the time and finding new words and new ways to like discuss it and mm-hmm. like name these feelings and stuff like that. Yeah. They're the next generation. Right. <laughs> right. So if they're suffering and it's getting worse and worse, mm-hmm. what is this world going to look like when they're adults and mm-hmm. they're the, our leaders, you know, and they're, you know, our mm-hmm. people who are paving the way for the generation after that. Yeah. So you're right. Like we do need to name it, right? We do need to have those discussions and actually talk about it. And I love, you know, that you do have that background in psychology. Yeah. I think that when I do get guests on my podcast who have that background in psychology who have that background in education like you can bring a different mm-hmm. perspective you know to the podcast as well because you have some of that education yeah and I appreciate that I love Thank that for you. sure of course um can you share with me your thoughts surrounding the stigma of mental health so I know you're kind of sharing a little bit about like mm-hmm. these you know we brush it on the rug or we're not talking about it looking at a negative light so what do you think are some of your thoughts about the stigma surrounding mental health oh my god I think the biggest thing is like American culture. So like we zoom out even more out of like black culture, but Mm -hmm. looking at the way that America portrays mental illness is what contributes to the stigma. I think that we really should start looking at the ways in which we speak about people that Mm -hmm. have mental um, health issues um, or disorders. I think that um, we should examine the ways in which it's portrayed on television and start like, calling things out like naming a thing a thing like hey like that is like a stereotype of someone who may be bipolar or schizophrenic or depressed or have anxiety because Mm -hmm. um i think that that contributes to our perceptions around around these things but it also contributes to our perceptions around um how we interact with those who may or may not have these disorders yeah um i think that for me personally uh like pulling on like my personal experience from my family. Yeah. Um, I had a cousin that was like suffering from um, post-traumatic, like, or what is it? When, after you have a baby and like you're like depressed, what is it, post? 
the baby's postpartum postpartum mm-hmm. and postpartum was, depression post, postpartum depression mm-hmm. that's the word things um yeah and i was talking to her older sister about it and her older sister was like i just don't think that she's depressed i think she's making it up because oh. she doesn't look depressed she yeah. doesn't she's not exhibiting these signs of a if person is depressed yeah. they're going to act like this this mm-hmm. and this and it's just mm-hmm. like well those are stereotypes based off of what you've seen yep. on television or mm-hmm. what you've seen out there uh, um, of how a depressed person is supposed to act but mm-hmm. it does not all look the same yep. so yeah. i say that to say that it's very, like all of that contributes to the the stigmas mm-hmm. which is how it's being portrayed on television, how it's portrayed, um, or even talked about it in like school settings or yep. like office settings and things yep. of that nature. Like the way we discuss it is mm-hmm. really this like whirlpool of stigma. Toxic and yeah, unhealthy. Yeah, toxic and unhealthy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I, so I wrote a blog just about like myths about therapy. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are some myths and myths, you know, conceptions within the black and brown community. But I think you just highlighted that you're right. In American culture, in our society, we all do it. Mm-hmm. Like in the media, they like scream mm-hmm. the, you know, the misconceptions and the myths mm-hmm. about it. And so that leads to the stigma that everyone has mm-hmm. and not just the stigma that is in the black and brown community. Mm-hmm. So you're very, very correct yeah. in that. And it is really hard to hear that and to see that and you're mm-hmm. like that is incorrect yes exactly <laughs> especially <laughs> as a therapist i know you watch stuff on television like mm-hmm. oh my god i can't believe why are they why are they showing like why are they portraying this because this is not accurate mm-hmm. at all in mm-hmm. any way mm-hmm. but it for people who don't have the background at all like yeah. this is their first introduction to anything related right. they're yeah. going to take that and my oh click that's how this person is supposed to act or this is mm-hmm. this is how it is yeah and yeah. because i don't look like that i don't have anything i'm fine exactly or, this person doesn't behave this way so they're fine they're not really suffering or they're mm-hmm. not really going through anything mm-hmm. and it's horrible because that is not true exactly. <laughs> exactly so yes thank you for sharing that how was mental health introduced to you so i know you've mentioned like you know you had your experiences with your family mm-hmm. and growing up and things like that so how was mental health introduced to you I think mental health was introduced to me um, in college. Yeah. I think that when I chose to major as in, in psychology, yeah. I had took a, psych- a psychology class in high school, and that's mm-hmm. when I like fell in love with it and was like, "This is what I want to do." Like, yep. I'm going into psychology, but mm-hmm. when it comes to like mental health, yeah. that's when I got to college. So okay. about my junior year is really when I was introduced to mental, like quote unquote, mental health. Like, yep. oh going to see a counselor um or exhibiting or showing signs of like depression and like i i think as college students especially during our junior and senior year Mm -hmm. those were stressful times so that was Mm -hmm. right around the time where i was just being talked to about like okay like you know if you're feeling these ways go Mm -hmm. see a counselor or um these are how you can keep your mental health at bay like go work out make sure you're doing certain things so Mm -hmm. that's really when it was introduced to me yeah it's like you started having those conversations Mm -hmm. about what it is you know Mm -hmm. how your impact your mental health could be suffering or impacted and Mm -hmm. like different coping skills and things that you can do to kind of help you like you know take care of your mental health take care of yourself and then also um like I think it was, I think just our generation, like millennials, yeah. we we talked about it a lot by yes. that time. Like by like twenty, what, what when did you graduate? Twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. So like twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen, twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Like we were all like millennials were super go home. Yes, because we were all exhibiting like um, or going through post. Um, post-grad depression yes and like figuring we out were. life mm-hmm. after you graduate so I think that that's really when for me mental health was like the most prominent yeah, and it was really yeah. introduced in my life yeah that is actually you know really true and even for myself even though I majored in it when I was an undergrad but that was like also the time that I was in grad school and I was like getting the knowledge from the school perspective mm-hmm. but then also experiencing these things on my own and seeing my peers seeing my community and seeing us like scream like we're struggling. Yeah. <laughs> what do we go next? Yeah. What is like life after this? Yeah. So yeah, I definitely noticed that as well. Um, so how did you learn and come to understand your own mental health? Like, you know, your experiences with mental health, whether it was, you know, healthy or not healthy, the moments you were struggling, you're not struggling. Like, how did you come to understand and learn about that? So this is a great question because um, 
I'm going to segue yeah. into uh, this show that I was binge watching. It's reality show. It's not that good. <laughs> but it was Married to Medicine. Yes. And like all of the women are like doctors, OBGYNs, and things of that nature. And there was something that one of the senior doctors said was like, doctors are the worst patients. Mm. So for me, as a, like a PhD dropout, <laughs> a grad school <laughs> dropout the first time around, mm -hmm. I was the worst patient. Like I'm going yeah. in to study like counseling psychology at the PhD level and I'm suffering mentally, but like yeah. I'm like sleeping underneath the rug, like yeah. burnout is right there, post-grad yep. depression, trying yep. to navigate life, mm -hmm. pre-25 to like 23 year old me, like trying to navigate everything. And as I am approaching 30 now, I'm mm -hmm. just now realizing, like, oh, wow, these are certain patterns that I've held and, I, and I've had. All right, I need to really um, get behind stabilizing myself by yeah. finding help and finding yeah. a therapist. Yeah. Um, and I laugh because it's just like, oh, yeah, I will preach this to the blue, blue in the face, like tell my students, mm -hmm. make sure you talk to a counselor, you know, do research about finding um, counselors and mm -hmm. like telling black people we need to go. But like, again, like I know all these things, but not putting it into practice. So yep. like, mm -hmm. even now, like I'm, I feel as if now I'm at the age where I'm just like, oh no, like my like mental wellness, like investing in my mental yes. wellness. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm is like top priority now. Yeah, yeah. So in so many ways, it's been this journey mm -hmm. that you had the knowledge, you had the education, and you preaching it to everyone, but not taking it in. Mm -hmm. And like throughout your 20s, you've been learning how to take it in and really taking action, even like to this day in yes, doing that. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. That's awesome. Okay, so you know, we're here to talk about boundaries. Mm -hmm. So thanks for sharing all this background on your experience with mental health, because we're gonna keep going. <laughs> so Alrighty. yes, we are talking about boundaries. So what is your definition of boundaries? Like, yeah, what are they? This is so lovely because um, on my 2020 to 2021, vision board I had a quote on it about boundaries and mm. I was so excited to share it with you today mm -hmm. so my definition of boundaries or like this quote is is tied in this quote um and it's like uh walls keep people out but boundaries teach people where the door is Ooh. and that is like my ultimate definition of boundaries teaching people how to interact with you is teaching yes. people like hey this is how I need to be received and yeah. this is how like I need to be loved or um, mm. shown up for is yeah. just really showing people like here, here is the door. This is this is how you enter. Yep. This is the stipulation. This mm. is where you can <laughs> enter at, um, and that's just across the board in like all aspects of life. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's my definition of boundaries. I love that. Thanks. Cause that door opens and it closes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's not a wall. Yeah. It's not a wall. It's just a door mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you, you may or may not have access to. Yeah. Or if you choose to like go walk through it, this is right. where I'm pointing the direction. Like, hey, this is, this is where you enter and exit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And just again, you said like knowing how to interact with me mm -hmm. and knowing what is appropriate and how to have a relationship with me mm -hmm. and where that door stands. Yes. And like, is it open? Is it closed? And where, you know, do you have that space to enter in in mm -hmm. a safe way to be able to have yeah. a healthy interaction with me? Yes. Love it. What are some um, examples of healthy boundaries? Um. Oh, wow. This is great. Um, examples of healthy boundaries. I think communication yeah um and communication is so broad but communication is an example of a healthy boundary by being able to articulate how you feel about something yeah. um mm -hmm. and it's not always the easiest but i think yeah. that um having healthy boundaries in your relationship or having healthy boundaries within yourself um you learn how to articulate yourself to mm -hmm. people. And I, and I know it's not easy for everyone to like, yeah. communication is such a hard thing to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I think that when you are in a healthy space, um, you're able to just at the bare minimum articulate like how you're feeling yeah. about something. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Communication, right? You're able to say like what you need. You're able to like express your emotions mm -hmm. in a healthy way. You're able to say what you need. You're able to like communicate what's important to you and your values and things like that. And so, yeah, I definitely agree that communication is definitely an example yes. of having healthy boundaries and being able to do that. OK, 
okay. Do you know people that struggle with setting boundaries or may have like unhealthy boundaries? Oh, yes. Yeah. What does that look um, like? I think what it looks like is the inability to say no. Oh, yeah. We were just talking about yeah, that. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that for me, um, growing up mm-hmm. younger, mm-hmm. like the younger Jasmine definitely was a people pleaser. Like I'm a yeah. recovering people pleaser because you want people to like you. You don't want yep. people to be mad at you. That's so natural to like not want people to be angry at you. That's mm-hmm. like a human reaction Mm -hmm. but the inability to say no is like a very clear sign that you know there's a boundary that you can't put up yep and it's unhealthy because you can't say no it means you can't protect yourself or advocate for yourself because you're afraid Mm -hmm. of saying no yep Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah 100 look I grew up as a people pleasing person as well. So I, you know, am there with you on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yes. my childhood self was like, I want everyone to like me. Mm-hmm. I want to fit in. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to be upset with me because I said no. Yeah. And so I definitely like fell to that. And so it was really hard for me to put that boundary in and say no. Um, but I think, of course, you know, as I've gotten older and I'm doing my own work and I'm growing into this young adult and as a therapist, you know, like being able to look within and say, why can't I say no? Mm -hmm. and what do I need to start doing to grow to be able to set those boundaries and what do you say no and yes to like what are you what's what's hard to say no about certain things Mm -hmm. I guess am I saying that right yep Mm -hmm. what do you struggle with putting boundaries up around yeah what do you struggle with saying no to Mm -hmm. versus like there's some things like you know if someone asks you but can I borrow five hundred dollars like no exactly Exactly, but mm-hmm. versus like you know, I need a place to live for like a couple of days, and like right. I really, you know, mm-hmm. so like it's. I think it's important to really observe where you struggle at and saying yeah. no. Yep. That's a detriment because I, I. It's hard to say no to people sometimes, yeah. of course, and like they pulling your heartstrings uh-huh. and things of that nature. I think it's important to notice when it becomes a detriment to you. Yeah. I think that's when it's really a, an issue mm-hmm. when it starts to become a detriment, like where you're mm-hmm. like self-sacrificing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When your mental health mm-hmm. is starting to be negatively impacted because you can't say no, mm-hmm. we need to do some self-reflection Yeah, and figure out what's, what's going, going on. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I think a lot of times too, people who have like low self-worth or low self-esteem, um, who don't know how to stand up for themselves, who don't have that confidence or have that voice mm-hmm. to advocate for themselves, mm-hmm. definitely struggle with it as well. Yeah. And so those can also be some signs and symptoms of someone who may struggle with with having healthy boundaries or have maybe more of like weak boundaries in their lives as well. I agree, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think are some things that can lead to someone not setting boundaries or having unhealthy boundaries? I think, you know, we're gonna get in our um, psychology bag. Yeah. There's just childhood wounds. You know. And you know, people <laughs> crossing your boundaries as a child. Yes. And mm-hmm. people not teaching you about boundaries as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it starts when either you have family or parents or um young like your first best friend and like no one observing certain relationships in your life or teaching you how to navigate certain relationships in your life yeah um that is i really think where it starts but what was the question again just more of like what do you think are some things that can lead to someone not setting boundaries and having unhealthy boundaries yeah i think Mm -hmm. it starts from like that childhood place of Mm -hmm. either like parental figures crossing boundaries with you um or no one teaching you or showing you how to navigate Mm -hmm. those relationships once you start to like have friends and like boyfriends and girlfriends or partners so yeah I think that that's really the root cause of it Mm -hmm. a lot of times. 100%. Like learned behavior. Mm -hmm. This is what you've seen growing up, whether it's your guardian, your parents, whatever may have you, and you begin to pick up on that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you are experiencing these things in your own relationships in high school with friends and dating, and no one is sharing with you that that's unhealthy. Yeah. (laughs) No one's telling you the truth because they're all going through it. It's a blind leading the blind. Like No one knows Mm -hmm. that people shouldn't do this or maybe they do know and they just don't know how to um how to say yeah. anything mm-hmm. how to teach and educate the next generation to do differently and mm-hmm. not make the same mistakes that they may have made definitely childhood trauma always does it 
Uh, okay, so, you know, how does in unhealthy boundaries impact a person's mental health? What do you think? Oh, I think that it, speaking for myself, mm-hmm. it throws you into the shoulda, coulda, woulda loop mm. of like, I shoulda did this, I coulda did this, oh man, I wish I woulda did this. It really, yeah. it sort of traps you in that moment of when you allowed your boundary to be crossed. Yep. Mm-hmm. and did not like stand hold to it yeah. because then it affects you like it eats at you a little bit yeah. it's like a very it's like a little annoying gnat like oh I, I wish I would have done it this yep. way I wish mm-hmm. I would have or, or you go and talk I knew this would happen but I did it anyway yep. and now I'm like suffering the consequences of that mm-hmm. um of not being able to hold withhold that boundary. Yeah, it sounds like you kind of like internalize it, mm-hmm. and like you beat yourself up. About I personally it. do. Like yeah. I personally struggle with beating myself up about things. So that's part of the reason why I've like I'm growing into having really strong boundaries because I don't want to live in yeah. like what I should have done. Right. So mm-hmm. I like try to just do it in that moment. Like no, like I already know in my head. Mm-hmm. Future Jasmine is not going to yep. <laughs> be happy about this. So let's fix this now. Yes. <laughs> and not have let's to like, now. right, swim in this later. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely, you know, some things that can lead to, you know, unhealthy boundaries and how it can impact your mental mm-hmm. health for sure. Um, so, you know, I hear you talking about like, you know, what you've been doing for yourself and how you've been implementing, you know, some boundaries because you notice what, how it would impact you and you don't want to feel that. So can you share with us a little bit, what has your experiences with boundaries been like for you and how have they impacted your life and your mental health? You know, it impacts my mental health for the better. Let me tell you. Okay. All right. Peace is what you need to protect yes. at all costs. Mm-hmm. Um, you, of course, as you know, like I love teaching. Yes. Um, and some of my research or some of the articles that I've been reading about the the profession, um, yeah. the education profession, specifically our middle and high school teachers or like our grammar school and like elementary public school teachers and things of that nature. Yeah. They're leaving at higher rates, even more yep. faster out of the classroom mm-hmm. through 2019 to 2021, mm-hmm. um, mid-year and things of that nature. And Personally, I was part of that like yeah. great resonation of like teachers leaving. In, I left in twenty nineteen. You did um, before the year ended, but um, it was for the better of my mental health. Yeah, and um, I think that that was my first time really is setting a boundary with work. Yeah, Ooh. Um, specifically work and saying I can no longer participate in this because yeah. my boundaries are consistently being crossed. Yep. Um, and this is not normal. I felt like they were trying to normalize mm-hmm. overworking us and having mm-hmm. our boundaries crossed, like bringing work home, working Ooh. 80 hours a week, um, coming into work at 4 a.m., leaving yeah. at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m., um, having parents or people like your, your personal phone being like, connected to your job so like work can text you at any time like yeah. your students yep. or your clients can text you at any time mm-hmm. um whatever fields you're in like you have yeah. clients texting you throughout any time or you had weekends and things of that nature <laughs> but you have to be available for them so yeah. i think that for me um that was my first instance quitting and putting in like a 30-day notice completing my 30 days was just still yeah. saying like no i refuse to participate in this that was really my first time ever like really throwing up a big boundary for myself in regards to work mm-hmm. and it's been for the better of my my mental health yes um and i think that that showed me how to um again show people where the door is like yeah. you know what this is how i desire to be treated at my job yeah. this is how i desire to have my time spent at my job yeah so i think that it just impacted my mental health for the better um in terms of it really showed me how to like show people where the door is yes um random tangent but not That's that okay. random my current job <laughs> um again i'm still in education i'm still yeah. in nonprofit. um I had, it was a spam. I didn't know that this was a spam email that I received one day. And it was a spam email from the um, president or like the CEO of our organization. 
and they like sent me an email and said, hey, I need to um, talk to you about something. Can you mm -hmm. please send me your, your phone number, your direct line so that I can contact you? Yep. So I, I'm thinking it looks, the email looks literally like this person's name. I'm thinking it's this person. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Maybe it's an extra project that they want me to work on or something. Right. So the person texts me and they're like, I need you to go and go to the store and buy 10 gift cards. And in my head, I'm like, um, excuse me, um, <laughs> with what money? So you got a credit card that I'm going to buy this stuff to for use? to use? And so I think it was like eBay gift cards too. Like okay. who's, who's using eBay? Right. But like, I was so livid. I was like, I think I was texting my friend. I'm like, how dare this person, the CEO of the company ask me? I'm in nonprofit. So yeah. like, it's kind of plausible because like nonprofits, yep. like people don't have the money. So mm -hmm. they want you to spend your money up front mm -hmm. to do something. They're going to reimburse you later. later. But yep. I don't play those games anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I have learned no period. Mm -hmm. It's not happening. Yeah. But long story short, I ended up telling this person, no, I'm like, no, if you want it, there's online, you can buy some online. Yep. Mm -hmm. They can be sent to you with e-cards. Yeah. Don't have the funds. Sorry. And I told my roommate about this situation, but I didn't realize that that was a, an example of me exercising boundaries. Like, no, if you want me to do this job, you need to pay for it. And I'm not it. putting my money down to pay for it. Mm -hmm. It turned out to be spam, but like, he was like, <laughs> he was like, you literally told the CEO of your company, no. <laughs> I was like, yes. I sure did. I sure did, because what I'm not gonna do is, I know you make more money than me. Yes. So, irregardless, I'm not spending my money yeah. for this organization. Sorry about it. I don't care who needs it. If you mm -hmm. want it that bad, as a CEO, you can give you me. Can you can do you, it. Exactly. <laughs> What's the worst that's gonna happen? Right. I'm not gonna stress myself out going, uh, going on a scavenger hunt to find mm -hmm. a specific gift card. So yeah, um, I say that to say that it's becoming easier. Yeah. Um, specifically with work. Yeah. Um, but that's where I'll I'll digress. One hundred percent. So and I just remember you being at that old job, and mm -hmm. I used to be concerned. <laughs> like Jasmine, are you okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> so you know to see you go from that and to like set those firm boundaries and then to be in your position now and not even allow it mm -hmm. to get to those spaces is so much progress and growth and I it's like warms my heart to see that oh, to see all that growth because I know you was thank in the you. trenches at the old job yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, like, teachers usually are in the trenches but like I feel like um I was talking to another friend yeah. just about work and mm -hmm. they're in tech and some of the things, mm -hmm. some of the cultural norms that happen in nonprofits, specifically nonprofits yeah. that are about mental wellness, about yep. taking care of the whole person and things that they use all these cute buzzwords, but boundaries is the thing that they lack. 100%. And it's, it is normalized and it should not be normalized. No. I, don't, I don't think that being in the social services field, being in the nonprofit field, being in like the... Um, on the front lines of the educational field, it's not being taught that there needs to be boundaries between your your job mm -hmm. and like the work that you do, like in you as a person, like the yeah. employee. Mm -hmm. I think that mm -hmm. they expect you to like die for this cause. Yeah. And I think um, that's part of the reason why I left teaching because yeah. I felt like I was gonna be a martyr. Like I'm, I'm not gonna sacrifice my life, mm -hmm. my like life, like Literally, my heartbeat. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> Like, no, I want to live. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love go children, go black kids, go black kid mental health. Yes. But, like, if it's me or you, I have to choose me. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you I do. think that's important. Like, I can't who I can't serve anyone if I am pouring from an empty, empty cup. Yes, 100%. And so, you have to make those hard decisions. And, you know, even in community mental health as a therapist, like, before I went into private practice, I had some jobs. They will burn you mm -hmm. out. They will overwork you they want you to see all these clients and do all this paperwork and then they're not even paying you anything and so it's like the, how do you want me to be the best therapist if I'm burnt out exactly and so it's like you do have to set those boundaries or have to walk away from those spaces that are unhealthy for you and it sounds like you were able to do that yeah 100%. all the time you know your worth and that's it so and you add a tax too you got to add the tax yes <laughs> How did you recognize it when you were in it? How did you recognize it? How did you cope with it? And what made you find the courage to begin to set those healthier boundaries in your own life? Um, 
So, you know, like going into teaching, that was like my first quote unquote big girl job. Yes. First job with 401k, okay. full dental, all benefits. your insurance and benefits, <laughs> retirement plan, all the good stuff. I thought it was normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but after I was run to the ground, yeah. run rugged, run like my mental health was so shattered. Yeah. Um, looking back on it realizing that it wasn't normal mm -hmm. it's sort of like being in an ab abusive relationship yeah like once you like sometimes go through that abusive relationship you get into another relationship and you're like oh i know the signs yeah I, I recognize the signs yeah. now i'm much more able to recognize the sign recognize yeah. the signs and mm -hmm. um i think how i recognized it first was by how it it made me feel yeah like how it physically made me feel like yeah. not being able to get out of bed mm -hmm. um, my body's reaction to yeah. how hard I was working yeah. um, I think that's was the first reckon being able to recognize it at first like yo like I can't get out of bed I'm sleeping all day all yeah. my off days mm -hmm. like I'm just sleeping because I've been working so hard exhausted. or like my body is so exhausted um, so I think physically is how I recognized it at first because yeah. when you're in it, you're wrapped up in it, you're in your day to day you're just life going. at your job or you're you're in it when you are when your boundaries are being crossed because you don't you don't recognize it. Um, it's not easy to recognize. Yeah. But I think that noticing how your body is responding is yeah. like the first step to it, like how it's imp impacting you physically. Yeah, definitely. Um, how I cope with it. Um, I think I had to put a stop to it mm -hmm. and just by taking those actual mental health days from work or yes. from the situation, like yep. removing myself. Mm -hmm. Because once you realize like, hey, my body is reacting like this, like um, I'm, I'm in pain. Like I remember my feet hurting so bad. Mm -hmm. Like I never had feet, like foot pain before, but I, re yeah. I remember like my feet hurting. Like, certain things were happening in my body that I had to like start taking more and more mental, mental health days, like yeah. days off work. PTO time, like negative PTO time, because I maxed my, <laughs> I maxed it out. I was like in the negative, but they were like, I had a good job. They were like, all right, we're not going to dock your pay. We're right. put you in a negative. Yeah. But removing myself from that situation. So yeah. like physical, remove yourself. Like you got to physically remove yourself now you because like you're physically being impacted, physically yep. remove yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and then how I found the courage to set healthier boundaries. Yeah. I think I just remember that pain. And yeah. for me, I don't like pain. I don't mm -hmm. like struggle. Struggle's not cute. Struggle okay. is not cute <laughs> at all. So I think that the courage for me personally came from remembering like the physical pain I'm, I, I was in, yeah. remembering how I felt when I removed my physical body from that space. Yeah. And then like saying like, okay, once you, once you remove yourself from certain situations or um, environments or organizations, 100%. you're able to look from an outside perspective and start putting things together and piecing things together. And I think that gives you the courage and like the ammunition that you need to say, to like start putting down those firm boundaries mm -hmm. and saying no, or like mm -hmm. um, figuring out a way out mm -hmm. and figuring out how to like not walk back into um, a similar situation. Yeah, ooh, that just gave me chills. I felt that. <laughs> but it's like, there was just so much truth to that. Like, oh, that's yeah. awesome. I shout out to you, kudos go to you because that takes a lot of- Shout out to the teachers. Bravery. Yeah. <laughs> Man, when I tell you my schedule, like teachers, I said to shout out the teachers for yeah. real because like, the hours that you work, that you're on your feet. Yeah. I had 100 students. Mm. 150. I had five classes, 150 students, five classes a day. I had one break. Oh, my gosh. I had one break. One 45-minute break. Yeah. No, I lied. Two 45-minute breaks. Okay. Two 45-minute breaks. Yeah. Um, Not including my lunch. But if you are leading a classroom or like yeah. you are you are working so like mm -hmm. it's like actual labor yeah it's like mentally taxing emotionally taxing I think that when it comes to anyone no matter what field you're in yeah no matter if you are um but no matter what relationships you're in yeah when you realize that it is taxing your body mm -hmm. I think that's always the first sign yeah and um I say all that to say it's just like 
you really have to just get in tune with your body and like start noticing like those signs on your on your person because mm-hmm. once you can see it and remove yourself from it like kind of like snatch yourself out of it you can like breathe and yes. look at it from a different perspective yes and that goes for work that goes for friendships mm-hmm. that goes for family relationships that goes for work relationships like intimate relationships mm-hmm. like every aspect of your life like if you begin to physically notice that like whether it's emotionally whether it's physically all of that like begin to do the work to set those boundaries or mm-hmm. remove yourself so that you can be healthier yeah mm-hmm. yeah Ooh, thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate you. I love the authenticity that we are hearing <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> okay, so how do you think unhealthy boundaries impact our community as a whole? What do you think? Um, I think our community as a whole, mm-hmm. because I feel like, okay, so like American culture is very individualistic mm-hmm. and all other ethnicities like and cultures are very communal they are so if you look at it from like that lens of like we're trying to mold ourselves into like an american individualistic capitalistic society and culture yeah um it's very hard to like set boundaries yeah um it's very hard to like figure out like the difference between healthy boundaries and unhealthy boundaries Mm -hmm. because i feel like there's always this push and pull, like, Mm -hmm. we need each other, like, we need to sacrifice for each other, we need to give back to, like, our community, like, there's, there's, there's always a sense of, like, survivor's guilt when it comes down to the black community, I feel like, Mm -hmm. we don't want to leave people behind, we don't know how to, like, leave people behind, we don't know, like, there's so much that we mentally go through, like, when it comes down to trying to, like, navigate this American, life um and i don't know i think of the the phrase like crabs in a bucket Uh but the second part of that phrase sometimes goes is like people forget that a bucket isn't a natural habitat for crabs exactly so Mm -hmm. i feel as if um as a community as a black community we really need to just start being honest with each other and letting the emotions that come with honesty, just let it out. Because it's so much better to be honest and let those, like the, the, the emotions that accompany that, those, that honesty happen Mm -hmm. instead of not letting it happen at all. Like if it were to never happen, because then someone's still suffering, a negative aspect is still happening. Mm -hmm. So if you're honest with someone about like, hey, this is my boundary, this is where I cut it off, or Mm -hmm. this is where I say no, Someone's going to be mad, but if you never say that, or if a person never says that, that person still is going to have negative effects from not being able to set that boundary. So exactly. it's, it's going to, someone's going to lose. Mm-hmm. And I personally just believe and have faith in the aspect of being honest and setting that boundary. Yeah. Although the person who may be on the receiving end of that no or not yet or not now, yeah. they're going to be upset in the moment, but they'll eventually get over it. Yes. Mm-hmm. they'll eventually get over it so mm-hmm. I think that's sort of how it affects the black community 100% yeah and I think that I struggle a little bit with that just even like leaving community mental health mm-hmm. I felt like I had to be this person and be present to help my black and brown community because there are not a lot of good therapists and mm-hmm. or black therapists out there so I got to be able to reach my community I got to do this yeah. but it's like how do I set that boundary that I personally may need more than mm-hmm that and so like I think that I struggled with that a little bit too that guilt of like I have to help I have to give back and which I do but there are other ways for me to do that exactly Mm -hmm. exactly it's literally like okay this is what I can't do but this is what I can do yeah Mm -hmm. this is what I can do Mm -hmm. and I think that being able to identify what you can and cannot do is the key to setting boundaries like this is what I can do but this is what I cannot do yeah and Someone's going to benefit from that little bit that you can do. Yeah. Especially when it, when it comes from an honest place, especially mm-hmm. like, you know, it's important to be able to have self-preservation because yeah. then you're able to keep doing that little bit because that mm-hmm. little bit, it's going to add up. Like, yeah. You know, like, because it's going to be a lot more impactful, yeah. you know, like, yeah. so. You show up yeah. a lot more. You show up a lot more mm-hmm. when you're mm-hmm. able to, like, channel your energy in a, in a way that. It's healthy for you. Yeah, 100%. 
well, why you're sharing, you know, your wisdom mm -hmm. on like how to set these healthy boundaries. What do you think are some tips to setting healthy boundaries? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, tips to setting great boundaries. Yes. I feel like number one is checking in with yourself. Yes. And not feeling bad for doing what's best for you. Yeah. Ooh. I think that oftentimes when we are setting boundaries, there's a feeling of like, quote unquote, badness that yeah. comes with setting a boundary. But I think that we have to remind ourselves that it's a moment of discomfort, yeah. but that discomfort is not going to last. And that boundary is going to be the thing that sustains you and be, mm -hmm. And that's the thing that's going to sustain you. Mm -hmm. So although it's like a moment of discomfort setting it, mm -hmm. understand that, yo, this is for the long haul. This is something that's going to sustain me for life. Yeah. So this moment of being uncomfortable because I have to do this uncomfortable thing mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of everything, it's going to sustain me. It's going to have me grow and prosper and move forward even more in life yeah. because I did this one thing in the moment that was just a little bit uncomfortable. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I put a post up today. My mental health tip today was about being uncomfortable. Yes. Because when you step into that uncomfortable space, that's when growth happens. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. See? That's I'm it. <laughs> so yes, like being in those uncomfortable spaces and like, you know, attempting and trying to do those things to make sure that you take care of yourself and then it helps you in the long run. It helps you in the long run. Mm -hmm. I think longevity is the name of the game when yeah. it comes down to setting boundaries because if you have no boundaries, it's, there's no longevity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're going to be rugged. You're going to be run down. Mm -hmm. You're always going to get the... The bad end of the stick, yeah. you know. Yeah, you're not taking so, care of yourself. Yeah, you're not. You're not, gonna be able to, you're not gonna be able to sustain yourself yeah. by not having boundaries. So, yeah. like, it's like a crucial part part of life. Yeah, your livelihood because mm -hmm. it comes in the form of work. Mm -hmm. Um, it comes in the form of relationships, familial, yeah. yep. platonic, friendship, yep. romantic. Yes, like you have to kind of just get uncomfortable so you are comfortable in the future. 100%. I love it. All right. So what is one last thing that you would want to tell our audience about boundaries? So I think the one thing that I would want people to remember about setting boundaries is that walls keep people out, but boundaries teach people where the door is. And I hope that that is something that people can hold on to in moving forward with setting boundaries in their life. Ooh, that was so good. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> All right. So as we're ending today, I am going to ask you, you know, how do you take care of your mental health? What does self-care look like for you as we are implementing boundaries and talking about boundaries? Like you've done a lot. Yeah. And so like, I just want to know what does self-care look like for you now yeah. as you're approaching 30? As I'm approaching 30 as a millennial, I think self-care for me looks like numero uno is getting a therapist. Yes. Finding, um, sending out the emails yeah. and doing, doing the groundwork mm -hmm. to find a therapist that I relate to and forming a relationship with the therapist and making yeah. that a part of my daily life. Like I go to the dentist, have a hairstylist, okay. have a doctor, you know, I'm mm -hmm. going to have a therapist now. I mm -hmm. think that that is something that I am incorporating into my life and I'm doing the active steps to like make that a pillar in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also I think that it's about not compares, comparing myself at 30. I think that Ooh. as we hit 30, we start to do the comparison thing. Uh -huh. um, so I think that finding a therapist is going to help me to just yeah. stabilize myself in, in my 30s now. Yeah. Like to like just not, not worry about anyone else, mm -hmm. not, not care about what's going on, mm -hmm. and really just hone in on... Um, the things that make me happy yeah, and focus on that. I love that. You know, therapists have therapists too. Yes. So I second that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then lastly, do you try to educate, advocate, and help others become aware of mental health? Yes. All the time. I think that with the field that I'm in, being yeah. in like education, education and having 
very strong background mm-hmm. in like counseling psychology. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of education surrounding mental health and mental wellness. And I think that that stays with me, that sticks with me. I paid for it, but yeah. um, I, I still do it every day. Yeah. Um, well, when I'm at schools, mm-hmm. working with students, mm-hmm. um, and I, I try to drop the gems when I can, drop okay. the little tidbits when I can, Sparkle. sprinkle it in, <laughs> <laughs> sprinkle it in when I can, um, because I think as a black woman, it's yeah. important for them to hear it come in a different package. Yeah. I think that we're all, we, we're so used to seeing mental wellness, mental health, therapy, psychology, like all these words around mm-hmm. like our brain stuff. Mm-hmm. It comes from um, people that are not within the, our culture. Yeah. So I think yeah. that um, I've, I'm figuring out ways to like really educate, advocate for it mm-hmm. um, in, different, in, in a different light coming from, you know, I do it my way yeah <laughs> which is great <laughs> right put a little jasmine on yeah. it <laughs> which is amazing you are just making me emotional as you share Aww. all of this that you do because it's really really great work that you are yes. doing Thank as you. you are sharing this information with the next generation because they need people like you they need people like us and so i do want to say thank you so much for like sharing your expertise in the field of counseling and education and psychology and just like sharing your personal experiences and like really coming onto our platform and like being authentic and sharing this so i want to say thank you you're so welcome (laughs) for coming in and sharing with us today okay jasmine so happy to be here all right (laughs) and so i'm going to leave you with this there is no health without mental health Don't forget to check out my website that is at www.mentalhealthmomentswithmonique.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Go ahead and follow me at Mental Health Moments with Monique. I finally made it to Apple Podcasts, so please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor so that you know when episodes drop each month. This journey has been super amazing and I'm excited to continue to share more with you guys in the weeks to come. So grab your favorite cup of coffee, tea, or preferred beverage and get ready to listen while I educate, advocate, and help others become aware of mental health through their stories.